I'll be too nervous to. I'll probably lost the words. Welcome to another edition of the Lost Words podcast. I'm joined as ever and only tonight by Jason. Jason, hello. Yeah, apologies. No, no Brad legend. Just me tonight. Hello, Tom. <laughs> no, you're uh, perfectly fine for me, my friend. We had you for uh, exclusive for two years. You know, we had our exclusive uh, podcast show. But uh, no, yeah, excited Brad, to get... Brad's coming. Half my wages now, isn't he? So. That's it. Yeah, you split that. And now all the uh, the Christmas drinks have to go one, one further, don't they? But... Uh, He's away for the week, and uh, we can take advantage. Um, it's, it's the DP World Tour is back. The schedule has been all over the place, hasn't it? Uh, you know, we've had postponements, we've had uh, cancelled events, we've had God knows what else. Um, so after not playing since uh, the Razal Kamar Classic on February the thirteenth, we are now back at the magical Kenya Open. Uh, it's moved back to Mathiga Golf Club. Is that how you pronounce it, Jason? I, yeah, I, I, I have no idea how you pronounce it, but um, that'll do. Yeah, that'll do. Um, I very much doubt it's how you pronounce it. No, generally. probably not. But, um, you know, we're not here for pronunciations, are we? We're here to give you golf winners, which I don't know if we're going to do that either. But, um, look, it's somewhere that the event used to be played here uh, 2017, 2018 it was played, and then right. 2011, 2012 before that. So... We've had an idea before 2010 as well, Robert Dinwiddie won. Um, we we have seen it in the past. I've got to be honest, I don't remember it too much. I think you yourself being on the challenge draw a bit more oh. may may remember it better than I do. But um, is it that dissimilar to, to Karen Country Club? I know the profile is maybe a bit more technical and approach rather than yeah, it's, tight, it's tighter. It's tighter. Yeah, it's tighter. And Rye had to, uh, you know, he was brilliant that week anyway. But his short game. He's up and down, he's brilliant, which is why I'm so surprised that he's not really doing it um, going forward. But yeah, you, you've got to be very, very accurate. I mean, having said that, um, yeah, I mean, I always prefer accuracy around here over over things. But I think knowledge of um, knowledge of the courses and, and things like that will be important. Recent form is going to be. We don't know where these people are, do we? At the end no. of their games. Uh, so I think recent form is going to be decent. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's not easy, is it? Um, when they do that, and you, you, you've had a, a long break and they're in and out and they've come from wide fairways to tight fairways, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's, it, is a, it is a bit of, of punting, to be honest with you, more than, more than ever. But there are a couple of players in there that I think might do okay. Yeah, I've got to be honest. I, I, you know, the theme of my picks is going to be pretty clear that I've probably overvalued uh, some of the Challenge Tour form from 2017. Um, in my selections and, and that can lead me down a slippery slope but like you said we don't really know where people are with their games and a couple of mine have been here there and everywhere with the with the SA events and the Challenge Tour events so um, they've got that and the course form on their side as opposed to absolutely nothing and, and like you say it's it's basically punting this week so um, I've kind of stuck with that theme where was where did you sort of start your card? What sort of prices were you looking at? Um, I well, I, I think you have to look at Justin Harding, but yeah. anybody that bats Harding at 16s, uh, given he's thrown away uh, two events, including sort of trying to go back to back at Karen last year, Karen yeah. last year, um, that was shocking. He's done it since. Um, so whilst he's he's fairly obvious, um, I, I'd, I'd struggle to be in him at 16s. Uh, my card, I mean, again, Marcus Armitage, I mean, should absolutely love it. 
if he can just control himself, his tee to green is going to give him so many chances. But again, at 28, uh, don't know. Um, but I, I thought, and, and nobody's, it is short, but I thought Jonas Beerman was um, mm. was was uh, the most obvious bet of the top lot, to be honest. And I know I am tempted to back him at 20 and 22 um, around this. I think everything about him uh, suggests that this is going to be this is going to be right up his street. He's got Maybank form. He's, Joe Berg form, I think, is is interesting. He's got plenty of form at Joe Bank. Top 15s all over the place. He's tied 16 at Karen, tied 10 at Karen or Karen. Um, he's got Scottish Open form, which may or may not be relevant. But you always, I think, when you're looking at, Ka- uh, at Kenya, you always hark back to Aaron Ryan. Uh, it may be because where we were in our golf punting careers or something like that. But you always hark back to that. Uh, and uh, you know, for me, everything about him, stats-wise, uh, course-wise, he, he he does scream out. It wouldn't have surprised me to see him slightly shorter, but it's it's bad when you have to go to that price and. I'm, I'm concerned, but I, I don't see where, where he doesn't feature. You know, he's continually accurate off the tee. Um, he's got the wind behind him now, so he's playing. Uh, you know, without pressure. It's 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 one of them, mate. But that that's where I would start. But it's going to be, it won't be for much money. I think it's one of those ones, right? That you have to just look at the prices and go, they are what they are, because it is an event that it is, and the the field isn't as strong as. You know these guys generally playing. Um, you know Burmese the, the 14 to one favourite, yeah, Harding 16, Arnis yeah. Moronk 16. They're all they all should be up there. It's just you know Dietrich's 20, Veerman's 22, um, Van Tonder and Armitage will have their backers at 28 to one. Like you say, Armitage, oh. you know ball striking has been absolutely superb. Um, I actually went a little bit further down to Scott Jameson at, at 35s, <laughs> which sounds oh, it's really tough, right? Because if you look back at his career, it, it suggests he can't win. Um, and that is pretty much the story of his career. But two top tens already in 2022. He was first for 54 holes in Abu Dhabi, where, you know, we know what he done on the final day. He was second uh, at the 54-hole stage last time out. You know, six shots behind Ryan Fox, of course. But that doesn't mean that he was playing bad. It just means Ryan Fox was playing exceptionally. Um, and then he led after round one the week before that as well. So a bit of a drop in class. We know he likes this kind of part of the world. I do think he might be sort of trending towards another victory at this level. Um, so I guess probably take the the places at seven places, twenty eight to one. It's, it's like you, mate. I, I don't I don't love the price, uh, like you said with Veerman, but I just think that. I mean, I was going to bet Cameron Trangali at a similar price last week, so that's oh, where my head's yeah. at at the moment. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get the guys that I think can win, even if the the, the it's one of those like a uh, past results are not indicative of the future. Something you know along those lines. I think they can win, um, and trying to stay in the present and what they're doing at the moment. Yeah, Burn. I think Burnley. I mean, it's class-wise, Burnley absolutely stands out. But you couldn't trust him not to be behind a tree at least four times <laughs> yeah. around. So um, you know, so so I think he's just probably got too much to do, and it reeks of, of you know somebody doing something that we're not expecting. But um, yeah. when you go down to the lower levels, you are struggling. Um, I mean, again, you, you talk about class. Uh, JB Hansen's very high up on the list. For sure, yeah. Um, but for you know, perfectly obvious reasons. He won Dubai. He won Joburg, which which I think might be some sort of a link. But again, it's not. He's not. You know, he's not standing out, is he? I mean, he's not doing what I expect him to do in this little. The swing. break might. The break might be good. Yeah. Um, but at the same price, 
um, and he was huge for a long while. Xander Lombard looks yeah. like he's absolutely, you know, back to his best. I know he's a struggle to win. I mean, someone like Ben's been following him at, you know, 150, 200, 301 for a while when he was out of form. Um, but he's absolutely bounced back. Um, obviously, the second um, uh, Raz event, uh, when he finished with 65, took off through the pack. Um, Short and Joburg open, so I'm not sure what he'd have done over the weekend, obviously. But, you know, I, I like... Current, I like current form, and if you know, he led apparently. He led the tee to green stats at Cape Town last week, 17th in approach. He was good. It was a good everywhere, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, if he can find length and accuracy, then he's going to have very short flips to the green, um, given the altitude. And yeah, I, I think he's primed to to win something at some point, whether it's here or whether it's off the card when we're not watching in South Africa over the next couple of months. Um, I thought 41 actually was was pretty reasonable in this well, field. You're now the second person. I've just obviously come off the show with, with Skylar on on the, the Mayo Media Network, and you're the, you're the second person to make me feel like I've overlooked him because I, it just, it just didn't even really cross my mind. And then when you think about it, just the current form, like you say, is ridiculous. Back to back top three finishes at two different levels, right? You know, not not too dissimilar to what he's playing in this week. 24th at the SA Open Championship to end the year, like you say, Joe Berg second as well. And I sort of said to Sky that although he's got this kind of moniker about him that he can't win, and, and that again is true, he's won once, even on the Sunshine Tour. We see quite often with these level of players or what we perceive. Uh, Lombard to be that they win a lot when they're in South Africa and then don't translate that to the European Tour or DP World Tour, right? But he hasn't even done it on the Sunshine Tour. When you look at the amount of times he's or years that he's finished second, second in 2016, second 2017, second 2019, second 2021, three thir- uh, two thirds already this season, you know, plenty of top tens. He's going to give you um, chances, I think. And I think that the 40 to 1 is still some baked in value uh, for each way places as well. Yeah, I've got yeah. <laughs> what can you do? It's one. It's one of them where you, you wouldn't mind this repeating next week, having two of these. Yeah. And you could, uh, you know, what I mean, you could keep your eye on the uh, on the tournament this week and and see players approaching form and and then you know be on something that's I don't know somebody who finishes you know a, an encouraging twelfth or something. Yeah. This week, whereas this is is uh, I just find it. I, I think there's you know, obviously someone's got to win it, but whether you'd go. You know whether you're just say you know I'll, I'll cut the stake down in half, third quarter, um, which I think is what I'm going to do because I, I simply don't know. I mean, it's, you know, potentially you can come from behind here, um, so it may be worth just looking who who looks decent with their irons and maybe tiring or just not doing it on the greens and then and then jumping on halfway or whatever. But it's it's not one I'm going to jump in. But Lombard, yeah, I thought Lombard if they'd have put him up at 33, 30, I don't think you could have complained to be honest. No. So. No, I'm, I'm actually surprised considering some of the guys at at twenties and and around that price. He's actually double that price. I mean, I I was looking at Matthew Pavon a lot, uh, you know, at the start of the season and the end of last season. You know, really big sort of three figure prices, and all of a sudden he's, I know he's been playing okay, but he's kind of crashed in at twenty eight to one, thirty three to one, and and Lombard's bigger, having played this kind of South African leg. So, um, you know, it's not everything, right? You know, there's plenty of guys that can come out of here. Shabanka Sharma, Matthew Jordan. Uh, Kawamura, Crocker, any one of these could yeah, come along now and do it, couldn't they? Um, oh, Kawamura's obviously got, got, you know, I know that, um, I think Brad fancies him, doesn't he? I think um, in his absence, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, Kawamura's got overall form, but they, they all this lot have got overall form, haven't they? Yeah. You know, there's that's the problem. They've got overall form and they, some of them just don't do it, which is why somebody like 
uh, JB Hansen. Um, really, I mean, should he be twice the price of Veerman? I'm not sure. We don't know where he is with his game, but it's, it's you know it's a big price for the for the class of the man. To be honest with you, um, it's it's a difficult one. I don't know, mate. It's one of those ones where I don't. I don't want to sit here and come on with full conviction. You know, we have picks and we we're happy with them and we've we've got reasoning for them. But anyone to sit there and say they feel comfortable with this kind of messed up schedule, change a golf course back to one that was not used for four or five years. You know, it it certainly throws spanners in the way. Of course, there's links. Of course, we'll make the links. And but it's just really hard to know where people are. You talk about Brad in, in his absence. He's put Cal Moore, Lombard, and Connor Syme up at fifty to one. You know, so he's he started his card there, and it's. This is very much a range, and his next pick is, is the next one for me is Francesco Laporta. This is a guy that we, you know, you and Brad were both on when when I put JB Hansen up. Um, he he looked capable of winning at the end of last season, and he's now coming back to a golf course that he's finished third on in 2017, albeit again on the Challenge Tour. But I don't think the field strength is is massively above that. I know you've got a couple of names in there that that kind of change it a little bit, but. Um, if, if you're looking at them as being a bit too short, then I think him at 66 or 60 to 1, if you want the extra places, um, was quite decent for Laporta. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so difficult to argue, isn't it? But I, I can't... I find it really hard to find negatives for people because you're, someone will find something that they like about something. It's not like I can sit here and say to you, they were terrible with their irons the past two weeks, or they were terrible off the tee, or... His putter's not been working. I don't expect it to work here. There's no evidence of that. We've had a month's break. And you are guessing to a certain extent. You know, there is... That's why I've kind of stuck to the guys that I know that have played here and played well. Yeah. Uh, yeah on I, that... <laughs> got me. Um, you know, I thought Tita Green was important. And then you get the people like Louis de Jager and, and Jack Blau up there. And, yeah. You know, I know to my cost that they just don't do it. You know. I mean, certainly Jager on the on the you know I don't care how it is once he gets to having that five footer. Yeah, I don't it's going to happen one day. Of course, it, of course, it'll happen one day. But yeah, uh, it's not for me. No, uh, Jack Kroisovic was a, was a, the next one for me. I thought he was a hundred to one. He opened. There's still um, that about if you know six places, eighty to one, seven places. I'd probably go with a hundred to one and just take it on at Unibet. Back to back top five finishes at Karen Country Club last year. Plays well in this level of field. Was seventh in this event in 2017. Um, not been in good form, which is why he's 100 to one. But like you say, there's been a chance to reset. We don't know quite where they are with his game. It would be no surprise to see him come out. I don't think and and go and, and shoot back to back top five finishes because well, you know it's just we just do not know with that gap. And that's why I'm taking on guys that I think have got history here. And you know can turn around form very quickly. Yeah, yeah, I like, I like, I like him. He placed us a couple of times last year. Again, yeah. another one that struggles to win. But I think you might, you might end up falling over the line. If one of the proven winners, you know, so the likes of, if you want to call it the proven, the likes of Veerman and that lot up there, you know, if yeah. they don't do it, then somebody will just fall over the line, won't they? Um, could be a maiden. Who knows? I. I'm stuffed. I, I agree with you. I mean, he's a great <laughs> player. Tita Green, uh, Koizik's absolutely fantastic. Yes, but he does get a bit. He does get a bit hot. You know, he does get a bit hot-headed and sort of lose himself a bit when he gets in contention. But then Burmaster used to do it quite a lot as well. Yeah, they they, they grow out of it, don't they? I mean, he's still he's 
basically my age, so 28, 29. Um, uh. <laughs> just you know, just to just to remind you, um, you know, yeah, I, I think he's he's got some of his best stuff ahead of him, and why not do it in this level of field in in this part of the world where he's already succeeded? Um, any more for you before we go into the the real triple digits? Uh, I thought kind of side was well worth looking at, but yeah. it, but equally, I thought Craig Howie at 40, 40 points bigger. Um, so he's got decent form in, in sort of in um, South Africa, which obviously translates to over here. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's pure potential. I mean, twenty first and thirtieth at Raz, um, it's okay. It's nothing. It's nothing brilliant. Um, and then the other one was, and I've seen that certain tipsters put him up is Ross McGowan and that was based mm. on purely the fact that he does come to, to being the tightest of, of tracks um, McGowan, McGowan actually McGowan, David Law that type of player um, could all do really well and I, actually David Law I'm thinking of back in first round leader because he tends to do it on these tight tracks tends to go very very well early but it's hard, I mean Dale Whitnell should enjoy the track to sure. be honest with you yeah. you know the, the, Dave Coopland, you know there's 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 a few here, but it's, uh, you know, I mean, let's put it this way. If I was somebody who staked uh, 100 quid, for example, yeah. throughout my week of golf betting, this will take up a tenner. So, yeah. And that, that's the sort of where I am. And put it this way if, if I didn't have a podcast and, and appear on a weekly show, I probably wouldn't even be talking about it. That's Adrian Sadier how... is yeah. too big at 140. That's my next selection. That, yeah, he oh, he sorry, was God. second here um, in 2017. He was seventh at the Die Data, led after um, 18 and 36 holes, I think it was. Shot a 77 in round three, but bounced back nicely uh, with a 68 in round four as well. And, you know, I don't want to put too much stock into this because, like we say, we've had a break. But he had four made cuts in a row at the tail end of 2021, which was really hard, I think, even for him to do. Not because of just his profile, but weird status, so didn't really get to put a run of events together. 7th at Crowns, 15th for the Dutch. Um, like I said a couple of times already now, just leaning on the guys that I know can play around this golf course. Um, I thought, like you just said there, 140 to 1 about a player that we know can do it on the course was, was pretty good. Yeah, Crowns worked well. Crowns worked very well here as well. Um, so, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's, you know what, it's... Yeah, that 140 is too big for Sadio. And that's all you can do, is you can go, yeah, that's too big for X, that's too big for X, and just shove it on and see what happens. But I really don't see how you can be confident in anything that's that's, um, that, that's going here. But yeah, that's the one that stood out as being too big. I mean, I, I could have seen Sadier going in at I don't know, sixty six. He's actually hundred and fifties now. A uni yeah, no, I really so. don't think anybody could have complained if he, in this field if he was putting at that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, in fact, I'm struggling to work out why. You know, you very rarely get somebody that's got form at the course and that has actually got a top ten in recent starts um, and it goes off at that price so yeah he's the standout at the, at the prices I think and uh, yeah that's, you know. and I get I get that the, the form is from five years ago like people are going to jump on that and say that straight away that you know you're, you're trying to put too much stock in it and you know I've already admitted that I've already said that but I've got nothing else to go on but his most recent form is a seventh two starts ago his tail end of last year was very, very impressive for a player of his um, consistency, to say. I think the upside of his talent has always been pretty good. Um, you know, it, I, I don't really know what else there is to say about it. He's just been very good. 
he's got that Scottish Championship form, which is totally bizarre. Hmm. But um, I don't care. I don't, I don't have to know why why it works. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it's yeah. irrelevant. I mean, he's got you know when you go back third at Amman, he's got full Portugal. He's got form is in higher grade, um, and like you say, you know recently it's Kranz, and and yeah, he's he's not the most predictable, is he? But top ten at the die data reads perfectly well here, to be honest with you. And, and it's the wrong price. That's that's yeah. absolutely you know the end, really. My final and he can get, is, sorry, he can get one, two, five, top seven. So, it, you know, yeah. it's not horrendous. It's not like they've nicked the load to get you the extra places. No, I think I think he's a decent price everywhere across the board. Really. 100's one is the, is the shortest, taken by Skybet. So, depends what you want to do, right, with, with places and things like that. Maybe seven places, just to give yourself an extra buffer at 125 would, would be the play. But, uh, you know, it depend, depends where you want to go with your money this week. Um my final pick is 500 to 1, so I don't know if you've got any others before I get to that, or like uh, you say, you just, it's finding it hard to, uh, to pin any more down. Yeah, um, um, uh, I think you could probably say, yeah, you know, if you look at his best, X is best, and, and you give him a chance, but no, I haven't seen anybody at 500, so go. Well, Lorenzo Gagli was was 16th yeah. and 1st on the golf course, and he's 270-odd to 1, isn't he? It would be another name, but um, Hayden Porteous for me, I just thought that He's won this event 2015 at, at Caron Country Club. Um, he was 10th at the... Where was it? He was 10th just recently, uh, a couple of starts ago now. Uh, that was at Dimension Data as well. He was third at the halfway stage. Shot a third round 77 to kind of undo his uh, good work. And then he opened with a 67 last week and was in 17th place, but shot a 73 in the second round to miss the cut. The concern is that Karen suits him a lot more than the Mathiga does, or you know, however you pronounce it. But I think you know, the five hundred to one on a player that's won twice on on the DP World or European Tour at the time, and has won this event, albeit down the road in a different golf course. I just any time someone's flashing a bit of form like that, like a couple of weeks ago he was tenth. I, I thought that was a big price. I certainly didn't expect to see five hundred to one. I thought you know he'd be getting three hundreds and two seven five and all that sort of stuff, but. If form from 2017 and, and, and that is relevant and you know form for players at the top of the market is relevant from the end of 2021, then why is someone playing so well two or three weeks ago and having you know winning form at this level not uh, not indicative of a big yeah. price of 500? Yeah, that's... <coughs> there we are. Joe Berg open, open winner. Pete <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you've got it down there. I mean, Sebastian Garcia Rodriguez turns up yeah. every so often. I mean, I wouldn't expect to here. Um, do what you like, mate. I've, I've absolutely not a clue. Well, you know, I'm, just, I'm just looking at the people that Portius beat, right? So he beat La- <coughs> uh, Lombard at the Joburg Open. He beat Slattery at the Czech Masters. You know, is what it is. Um, beat Brandon Stone at the Avestic Cup with a, an eagle in the playoff. Yeah. So, um, sorry, he won the Kenya Open with the eagle in the playoff to Brandon Stone again so he's beaten Brandon Stone twice Kenya Open here uh, at Karen Country Club and the Investic Cup as well so um, to get the better of those those two guys um, and, and lose another playoff to to uh, Louis Diego I think he's he's decent there at 500 to 1 so just hope that someone you know he does that thing where he strokes gain Instagram he's talking about his game again now he's videoing his shots and all that sort of stuff it looks like he's back in the uh, Back in the thing, he's he's priced here with Rafael Jacqueline and Gavin Moynihan and people like that that generally aren't playing golf very often. 
Gregory Havro, 500 to 1. Um, and then you get a guy that's finished 10th two weeks ago. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, fair. Um, just to summarise Brad's picks in, in his absence, it was uh, Masahiro Karamora, Xander Lombard, uh, Connor Saimi, Francesco Laporta, David Horsey, and Yannick Paul, who Yannick Paul was also put up by uh, Skylar Hoke on the Mayo Media Show. And he also put up Robson Chinhoy at 2,500 to 1. So um, you can do what you like with that information. Um, I think that's about it for the Kenya Open for me, unless you wanted to talk any more on it. No, it's an event I like, but I, like you say, it's been bunged in after a few weeks, and um, that's it's, it's worth what it is worth. That's, that's yeah, I, th- I think it, it would be nice to have a good spot on the schedule where because I do look forward to it. I enjoyed it when it was back to back last oh. year. Like I do, I do enjoy the event. It's just fallen, unfortunately. The other interesting one I thought looked big uh, was Renato Panatore. I know his form hasn't been good, and but we know he can sort of break bad runs of form every now and then. Um, if it gets you know tight and it goes down to his iron play, he could be uh, someone that I would look at as well. But um, I'm happy to stick with Bortius. Let's put it this way: you can certainly tell. Um, I mean, it's DP World Tour, but I mean, you can certainly tell where the money's been put, can't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's disappointing, but uh, there we go. Um, should we do a little bit on Puerto Rico first, or should we go into Arnold Palmer and summarize? Yeah, we could, yeah, you can say yeah, tie that to you, mate. It's your uh... Let's let's, let's gap, just touch brief, <laughs> let's touch briefly on Puerto Rico because the odds aren't out or readily available yet. Uh, there are a, a first show that I've just been sent a link to on Twitter, oh, um, so I shall give you some odds on the players that you uh, wanted to talk about. But I put a tweet out um, on the Puerto Rico Open earlier. That there's just been some decent crossover between that and the Shriners. Now proceed with caution because I think it's just probably a field strength thing rather than anything to do with the golf course, but. George McNeil has won the Shriners and the Puerto Rico. Alex Checker has won the Puerto Rico and won twice he was second at Shriners. Ryo Ishikawa was second at both events. And Chesson Hadley has won here and had three top sevens at the Shriners. Um, and there's probably plenty more evidence like that as well. But those are just guys that kind of stuck out to me in my very limited research on the event. Um, very hard, even harder than the Kenya Open to get really excited about because... Um, you know, we didn't have odds or anything like that. But uh, you had a little tidbit about Pebble Beach as well. Um, well, I read this. I mean, obviously, we read everybody else's stuff. And, um, yeah. you know, I was picked this up from, from Ben, I think it was a couple of years, might have been last year, might have been a couple of years ago. Now, um, every single winner, uh, or seven out of eight winners, eight out of nine winners, something like that, has finished between 10 and 39 at Pebble Beach that year. And when you look down, I mean, you obviously see that Pebble Beach comes into their form lines. Yeah. But when you look down at Grace was 34th, Hovland 38th, Trainer was tied 28, Points was tied 39, now didn't, but uh, the fellow he beat in the playoff, Steve Marino, was tied 34, Checker was tied 34. And it goes on and on and on. I'm only bothered about about five or six years. But I thought it was really interesting. So to narrow it down, I, I did put, obviously, I listed the, the, the players that filled those places and those that are playing here. Um, and also players that have caught the eye recently. Um so that was that was the way I went. Obviously, you'd like to see my Cobra form or Karali's form, something like that. Uh, Brandon Grace said it's absolutely gettable round here. Um, yeah, you you can shoot low here, no question about it. If you can hit the ball a long way, you're going to have very short short irons in. Yeah, that that's the way I went, and um, you know who I've ended up with is uh, like three players that you know, may or may not. Yeah, break I the mean, bank. To be honest with you, I'll just give you a little 
short summary of some of the, the top prize. So Matthias Schwab and Chad Ramey lead the field at 20 to 1. Uh, Nick Hardy and Cabrera Bello 22 to 1. These are just Boyle Sports prices only. They've all got so far. Uh, there's a trio of Bramlett, Armour and Uline at 25 to 1 just to show you what we're dealing with. Uh, and Mark Hubbard and John Hurt are the other shorts of, of 30 to 1. Um, you mentioned to me in a, in a message uh, earlier at the weekend about Austin Smotherman. He's 40 to 1. Uh, um, which, yeah, get on. Which seems decent enough. Um, Chase Seifert is fifty to one. I thought that kind of caught my eye a little bit. He he started well at Pebble Beach, didn't didn't hold it together. And then Kurt Kitayama, who who was right in the mix last week, uh, is is there at fifty to one. So um, I thought that was interesting enough. But um, <laughs> bizarrely, the the one person that I noticed that kind of fit both of our little. Uh, narratives if you like which is this is haunting that this person is coming out of my mouth uh, in 2022 for a golf event but Robert Garagos was 16th uh, at Pebble Beach on his last start has finished third at the Shriners um, and he's 100 to 1 now he should be 1000 to 1 for for golf events in 2022 but this is just what Puerto Rico is Um, that's why I don't have too much much interest in the event um but yeah i mean there's enough there i mean he's missed his five cuts in the last five years here at the golf course which is why i assume he's 100 to 1 um but yeah i think i think kind of smotherman and kitty armor and seifert probably caught the eye at the kind of 14 one yeah I, I really really like smotherman this week you know top 30 to green top 30 off the tee top 30 around the green if he misses it he's 55th in driving distance i think give or take um, which is fine, obviously, in this field. It takes out everybody, really, that counts. Um, yeah, he's 27th and 29th for approaches from 175 and 200 yards. Again, take out most of the top quality for this. He's got uh, Latino form. Um, I, I really like him for this, to be honest with you. He, he's, he's, I, I'm more confident. I mean, I'd rather have, well, I will be having much more Smatherman than I will be. For probably the whole of the current event to be at uh, the Fager event to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think I think the thing is it's one of those classic drop down in class, right? That you know they, they haven't quite done it um, in the events that that you've seen them in recently. But Smotherman's name's been popping up an oh, awful yeah, lot, hasn't he's it? Played well. Yeah, he's played well recently. Um, he was he missed the cut last week, but he was he was all over it for one point. You know he was making a bit of a charge and kind of ejected like you really can at the Honda Classic. Um, Another couple of eye-catching people with their irons last week. Again, I've already mentioned Kitty Armour. He was third in this uh, in the field last week in strokes gain approach. Justin Lau was first uh, in strokes gain approach, and Callum Tarran was tenth. Um, so maybe just some interesting people of note there. But uh, I've got to be honest, Jace, I, I don't really need to look too much into an event that has Robert Garrigus at 100 to one, although he fits that kind of uh, kind of thing. I think yeah. probably back in the upside of a of a Smotherman. Chase Seifert and you know Kitty Armour. I think Kitty Armour is a, a really decent price considering uh, the strength of field and, yeah. and what he done last week. Um, because okay, he might he might be a little bit disappointed with himself, but he didn't do an awful lot wrong um, at the Honda Classic, and he, he kind of stuck around because he led, didn't he? Uh, after the first day, it's, it's hard to stay in the uh, in the lead for that long. So yeah, I think it's pretty impressive. It, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know what price. I mean, you've got the prices up. What price yeah, is Kadara? He's 40 to 1 as well. He's another no, one I was going to say. Now, he, he obviously won the... I know he's totally unpredictable. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what he's going to do. But then you like those, don't you? You like your Siwoo Kims and your Sun Kangs and people like that, I do. don't you? Yeah. Um, and, and I thought it was relevant. Obviously, he won the RBC Heritage. Grace has won both. Badley's won Port, uh, second of Puerto Rico and won the RBC. For obvious reasons, obviously, you've got Coastal, you've got a bit of wind. Um, yeah, I thought, I think he's just outside the top 50 in par fives as well, which again translates perfectly well in this field because you're taking half of that lot out, which makes him top 20, top 25 anyway. And I think he's 15th in strokes gained total this year. Um, so the link with the RBC, you wanted um, uh, Shriners. I, I quite like the yeah. RBC. Um, I quite like Kadara for this. I know who knows what the hell he's going to do. Not me, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> Not him. But he, he was another one and the, the only other one I well I want Nick Taylor to play but he's not playing so it doesn't really matter um, the other one was Nate Lashley um, well David Lipsky as well was was, was on the list yeah but, um, Lipsky's 33 to 1 uh, yeah. which was probably about and so is Nate Lashley so that's that's the price of those two guys oh, so. there we are so so we're not you know what I mean it's like you think you've got one and, and these are players that would be God knows what price even if you put just a few classy players in so it's, it's a struggle at those prices isn't it really yeah it is um i think i think we kind of said on the podcast last year that it's a horrible event you can't get excited because of the prices of the players and i think we both tried to convince ourselves that you have to kind of just take the prices and go with it um you of course don't have to be a degenerate and bet every single event right you can just no, you not. can just let things go but i do really like um your smotherman shout I do think that Kitty Armour's overpriced. I was surprised to see that, to be honest, when, you, when you're looking at, at the prices of, of some of the other players in the field. Um, and you see him, I mean, I know everyone likes, you know, Joseph Bramlett and, and people like that, but he's, you know, twice the price of him. And, uh, you know, he's got the pedigree of winning twice on, on the European Tour. And, yeah, he's the same price as Kevin Chappell, who would normally be expected to be in Bay Hill and play well, but yeah. he's, a, he's a broken human now. So, um yeah, I think that probably sums up my, my stuff on Puerto Rico as well, unless you want to go in any further. No, I, I actually really like the event, but um, I, I'm just finding this week... It's, a, know, it's, a, mis- of, it's a mismatch, isn't it? There's lots of in- angles you can take on a lot of these. And um, to be honest, when you've, you've put up the first show, that's really sort of... I don't mind the Smotherman, faulty, but I was hoping for a bit better on the others. So um, yeah. it, it may I mean, be that, that, that's just one, done, one lot, isn't it? But... Um, you know there could be some prices out of there, but yeah, keep an eye on those. Maybe if if what what prices would you be looking for on a, on a Lashley or a oh, um, Lipsky? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know. As a Lipsky, you know that Lipsky's got that little bit of he's got that little bit of class there, isn't he? Yeah. Um, I think thirty three is about right, but I, I I was hoping for a little bit of, of Lashley. But like you say, you know, if you look if you look down best form, which isn't that long ago, top twenty at Fortinet Sanderson. You know, eight pill. You know, and obviously he had a chance of winning going into into the final round. What really do you want? Yeah. Um, you know, when he's missed the cuts, obviously at um, Phoenix and also at last week, but his worst round is seventy three. It's not horrendous. You know, he's not long enough, really. I don't think. I don't think here. But um, eh, you know, eh, whatever. I don't know. I'll think about it. That's fair enough, mate. Naturally, on this show, we talk a lot about peak performance and having a whole package when it comes to winning golf tournaments. But you know who else focuses on these two areas as well? Manscaped. 
Manscaped took their lawnmower 4.0 product and put it together with all the necessary components to make the Performance Package 4.0. Including this package is the lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker, which takes care of nose and ear hair, the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, which are essential for your balls, and two free gifts, including a premium wash bag and a pair of anti-chafing boxes. Now this set is normally $218, but is $130 for a limited time only, and with our 20% code LFW20, that will now be brought down even further to $104. In the UK, this will be £96 instead of £120, and again, the Performance Package 4.0 helps you and these elite golfers, if they so wish, stay in peak shape below the waist. That is code LFW20 for 20% off site-wide and free worldwide shipping on manscaped.com. Let's go on to on to the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, I'm going to give some spill on some of the designer links, some of the correlating courses. Not necessarily a, an event that's huge for that, I don't think. Um, I think it's pretty unique on, on its own test. Uh, but Dick Wilson was the original designer of the course before Arnold Palmer come and put his hands on it. Um, he designed the Dubs Dread course at Cog Hill, which hosted the BMW Championship in 20, uh, 2007, 2009, 2010, 2011 and the Western uh, Open from 1991 to 2006. Uh, no surprise, Tiger Woods, eight-time winner of this event, five-time winner at Cog Hill. Uh, ben Crenshaw won at Cog Hill and this event in 1993. Uh, Justin Rose won at Cog Hill in 2011, has been second and third here. Um, and he also designed the Blue Monster at Doral course, which obviously we know hosted the Cadillac Championship uh, between 2007-2016. Again, Woods, both courses. Um, VJ's got a win and three runner-up finishes here. Was second at Blue Monster. Uh, Francesco Molinari won here, third at Doral. Rose won at the Cadillac, was second and third here. Scott won the Cadillac and holds a course record here. So it's all those kind of crossovers. Um, and Arnold Palmer mo- modified several holes at Quail Hollow, which I do like as a little bit of a crossover uh, in terms of the, the test. And, you know, Tiger Woods, Roy McIlroy, VJ Singh, Jason Day all won both events. Sean O'Hare, Sean O'Hare sorry, has won uh, Quail Hollow and finished second here. So that's the designers out of the way very quickly. Valero Texas Open, which is not something I thought I was going to be writing about this week. Um, Martin Laird's won both events. Matt Every is a two-time winner here and finished second at the Valero. Uh, Roy McIlroy's won this event, finished second at the uh, two Laird at the Valero. Bart Bryant won the Valero and finished second here. Uh, Charlie Hoffman is the Valero Texas Open. One and three runner-up finishes there. Has finished second here as well. Uh, Kevin Chappell winning a second at Valero. Second here. Corey Connors was third here, uh, which I'm sure people remember. He also won the Valero. Justin Rose and Sean O'Hare finished second at both events. And there's also some crossover in Texas at uh, the Golf Club of Houston, thanks to uh, Every Mitchell and uh, Stenson. And Sun Kang as well at Trinity Forest. So Texas seems to be a decent enough leak. Um, another one, Shriners Open. Tiger Woods won both events, obviously. Martin Laird won both events. Bryson, both events. Rod Pamplings won both events. Stuart Appleby's won the Shriners and finished second here. Uh, Kevin Norris won and finished second at the Shriners and finished second here. Sung J Immers won the Shriners and had two third place finishes here. Last one, I promise. Uh, the BMW Championship at Conway Farms, 2013, 2015, and 2017. Uh, Mark Leishman won the 2017 BMW and won here. Jason Day won the 2015 BMW and won here. Zach Johnson won the 2013 BMW and finished third, fifth, and ninth here. Uh, Justin Rose has been second and third here and was second to Mark Leishman in 2017 at Conway Farms. Roy McIlroy's fourth at Conway Farms won here. 
Molinari 12th at Conway Farms and one here and Ricky Fowler was second at Conway Farms and uh, fourth in 2015 and also finished third here in the past. So that's my spill of golf courses that I just wanted to get in there because basically I spent a decent amount of time at one o'clock in the morning <laughs> looking at those course things. Um, whether they're relevant, I don't know, especially some of them that have not been used for a little while. Um, but I thought it was interesting there was that much crossover in an event that we wouldn't necessarily attribute that to. No, no, absolutely. And well done. Thank Excellent you. Excellent work. I mean, um, you know, for for me, there was the the you know the the fairly obvious ones. Um, you know, you in a way your classic courses that are affected by by wind. Um, but it is one of those it is one of those events, isn't it? It's about it's about knowing what you're doing. It's about controlling, not get exciting, uh, not get excited. Um, he wants runoffs at the on the greens, doesn't he? Which gives you Augusta, doesn't it? Yeah, which makes perfect sense on a few of them. Um, and I always put. If Mark Leishman comes into my thoughts, then I'll always have something like Torrey Pines and, and, you know, associated tracks, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I like that. I think, I think like you say, it, it's more, you know, a lot of those names that I read out as crossovers were just the class of their times and, you know, elite ball strikers. And that, I think that's all you're generally looking for, isn't it? Really good mid to long iron players, uh, good around the greens and just a good round, all round game. A bit of par five scoring doesn't hurt. Um, which leads to John Rahm still being the favourite at seventeen to two. Um, I'm getting bored of talking about him as a favourite until he wins again. Uh, Rory McIlroy is now into twelve to one. I thought the fourteen to one was kind of tempting earlier. Scotty Scheffler sixteen to one. Victor Hovland sixteen uh, to one. Um, Hideki Matsuyama twenty five to one, and Fitzpatrick at twenty eight to one. With Bryson now pulling out of the field, uh, which wasn't that surprising to be honest with you. Was there anyone from the top that you're interested in this week? It's all understandable, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know. But I mean, certainly not back John Rahm at single figures. Um, Just don't need sure. to, do you? Well, I, I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, where, I don't get... I mean, yes, he is at his best, you know, slightly superior. But, he's, you know, he's clearly not. And I don't know, with Hovland absolutely flying, as you say, Scheffler, you know monkey off his back now Rory yep. you know threatening um, you know Decky was, was poor last time when I was on obviously and that, yeah. that's a massive price for somebody with Mar- you know Masters form and, and obviously you know everything else form really um, it's a struggle to see why he's only three points uh, shorter than somebody like you know Fitzpatrick but again you understand why you look at the history you look at Hatton winning uh, Molinari winning it, it, it all makes sense to be honest there's no Bryson to to destroy any thought you had about about here you know there's going to be nobody well I don't think there's going to be anybody trying to cut over the, the, the lake the huge lake I don't know. on that far five I wouldn't have thought so no it's not one uh, of my picks anyway they do do it <laughs> uh, if it is any of ours it'll be straight in the water <laughs> anyway um, so it makes perfect sense he fits I'm just thinking you know he's had easier chances to be honest with you yeah, I'm a bit worried about you know about about backing him at some you know something like 25, 28. I think oh, I'd, I'd, I'd struggle to be honest with you. Um, so no, none of those. To be honest, I thought the standout from the top and, and quite heavily was Will Zalatoris, and it is purely only the um, the lack of that win that um, which doesn't seem to be coming, does it? Particularly quickly. Um, I think that's the only thing that's stopping. A really nice bet on him, to be perfectly well, honest with you. I think you're looking now, aren't you? So you've got Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick in that price. 
with a bunch of players that you don't have question marks when it comes to winning now. Scotty Scheffler is now a winner and a seventh place finisher in his first start as a winner. Um, Rory McIlroy is Rory McIlroy. I mean, I can't believe he's actually not joint favourite of Ram this week. I thought yeah, I thought they'd be the same. He, he's been he, he's had one finish uh, worse than eleventh at this golf course. So <laughs> that kind of says everything you need uh, for Rory McIlroy. Um, Victor Hovland was twenty to one at one point before Bryson pulled out. Um, I thought that was pretty big. You mentioned Hideki. When I look back for his form, when I was because he's been very solid at it, isn't he? He's made all of his cuts. Um, so, which is which is good enough in itself, I think, considering uh, the volatility of the golf course. But apart from that sixth place finish, I, I kind of thought, is there some hidden form uh, amongst those kind of middling 40th and 30th place finishes and stuff like that? And I didn't think there was really. I think I think he, he generally plays steady round here without actually contending, and I, and I could just see that from him again after last week. So, um, I was quite happy to leave that alone. And my first pick actually came with Paul Casey, um, which well, is not something I anticipated before looking into the event, uh, you know, over the weekend. But nine of the past twelve renewals of this event, the European has either won or finished second, which you know might not mean anything. You know, people will keep telling you that doesn't mean anything, but I think nine out of twelve times probably does mean something. Um, they're very comfortable in playing in Florida, I think. He himself yeah. has played here five times over the past decade, made four cuts and finished inside the top ten twice. Um, when he was ninth in 2016, he only sat outside the top nine after one round because he was 13th after 54 holes. And last year he was 7th after 36 holes and you know just didn't have a great weekend. So to me, you can even go way back to 2007 if you want to. I mean, there's been some modifications since then, but he was first after round one, second at the halfway stage and had a bit of a poor weekend. But he's top 10 in strokes gained tee to green his past two PGA Tour starts. And in four starts in 2022, he's finished 16th, 12th, 24th and 15th. Uh, with the latter obviously coming at Riviera last time out. And that 16th place finish at Singapore, when you look at it, Jace, would, would probably be disappointing for a player of his calibre. But he opened with a 76. He had a horror round, didn't he? He was outside the top 100 on the first day. He was playing with the youngster over there. His name always evades me. Um... But he bounced back really well from that. And I just think this is a guy you mentioned a couple of times, you know, when he, he really looked like he was contending that PJ Championship could have won it, just seemed to sort of change maybe our minds in him a little bit. Um, and all of his kind of wins, I think, are relevant. He's a two-time winner in Florida because he's won the Valspar twice. Um, he won the Houston Open, which I think provides crossover, like I said earlier. So all three of his PJ Tour wins are relevant. He's striking the ball as well now as he ever has done uh, throughout his career, I think was he inside the top fifteen of all four majors last year, and inside yeah. the top seven of three of them. So I know he had a little bit of a poorer spell at the end of last year, but he certainly seems to be uh, getting back to form. And I thought the forty-five to one was fair. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think his stats are, are, are excellent. He's played, he's played from two to green. He fits the the Hatton Molinari Fitzpatrick type type play that we used to over here, um, and obviously doesn't. Obviously, doesn't mind playing over there. You know, yeah, I agree. I think um, I think it's fair. I think he fits. What you don't, I mean, I haven't seen the forecast because I don't know what the forecast is like. But yeah, as you, I think, you know, the, the worse it gets, the more you can see. Like we say, we've had Leishman, Rory, Molinari, Hatton, and Bryson. Bryson was the only American to yeah. win in the last X amount of years. Um, it, it clearly, it clearly favours Europeans and Australians and, and people that, you know. Open, open, really. 
uh, open type conditions. Yep. And yeah, I've, I've got no problem with, with Casey. I think that's yeah, that's fair. He's, yeah. His his best price for the U.S. Open is forty-five to one. His best price for the PGA is fifty to one. Uh, his best price for the Masters is sixty-six to one. And his best price for the Open is forty to one. And we're now getting him at forty-five to one, uh, or forty to one eight places, in a in a you know a slightly weaker field than those. And on the golf course that he's got previous out, I just thought that was a pretty decent value. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Keith Mitchell went out to fifty to one. Uh, has come in a little bit since. So when I put a preview up, I took the fifties, and I felt kind of vindicated, right? Because he opened the first show him as forties, second lot went to fifties. But he was 35 to 1 last week, and there was a lot of kind of bemused, you know, lookers at that. But he's still only 50 to 1 in a field that's this strong. Um, sixth on debut, sat third after 36 holes. Uh, and when he was fifth in his second start, he was in that position after day one and day four, so he's been really solid. He finished 43rd here last year, but he was coming off the back of three straight missed cuts. And now he's got form line of seventh missed cut, 12th, 10th, 9th in 2022. So I think you just. I personally just want to back him until he gives me reason not to. I think he's brilliant. I think he's better at this part of the world anyway. Um, he's in great form, and, and this was obviously going based on 50 to 1, but I don't think that the 40 to 1 or 45 to 1, if you just want to take the five places, uh, is really that much of a dramatic drop off for someone that is clearly in, I would say, the form of his life without actually getting a victory so far. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the question is whether somebody's reached their ceiling. I know you've got, you know, you can say that about somebody like Taylor Gooch or, or yeah. someone like that. You know, I've got certain lists and, and um, Luke List is on this list. Yeah. Um, I've actually it's not backed him um, this week. Um, and, and Mitchell does appear. He appears on the uh, Tate Green. And, and interestingly, he's quite high up on the par threes. And there's four, you know, strong par threes here. Um, yeah, really tough ones. Yeah, you know, has he reached his ceiling? Until he does, you just keep backing him, don't you? I don't know, but his stats at the moment, I mean, he's, he's, he's playing well, as you say. He's playing really well. Played well at Pebble Beach, which I like. Uh, yeah, played well at Honda. Um, yeah, what you want is his stats at the moment. Uh, he's hitting the ball well. Um, he's patting well. As long as you don't get caught up in, you might have a bad draw or something around here, but you can't count yeah. against that. So, um, again, I agree. I think you've got a very, very strong hand this week. I think so to me, right? You know, he won the Honda Classic in 2019 against Brooks and Ricky at the time. Third and eighth for the Wells Fargo Classical Test, like you mentioned off the top there. Fifth and sixth here. Sixth at the Houston Open. Um, Byron Nelson, third. Both of those, I said, kind of crossed over. Eleventh at the the Valspar as well, making it sound like I'm still trying to convince you. I'm not. I'm, you know, no. I'm pretty happy with it, and you are. But I just want to keep adding to it. I think that, that there's always this. I think people have, you know, have a refusal to budge on their predetermination of what Keith Mitchell's price should be. Do you know what I mean? It's I mean it's called Keith. Keith. <laughs> it's because no, it's, it's called it's, Keith. It's, it's, it I promise you, it's only because it's called <laughs> Keith. <laughs> if his name was Keith Zalatoris, would he have a better chance? I don't know. Um, and that's not a slight on Zalatoris. I think he's a, an excellent pick this week. But um, yeah, I just I just thought he was good. I mean, I'm living in this range. Max Homer, you loved last year. Uh, well, I think you did anyway. From from what I was listening back to yep. uh, from last year's podcast, um, and I mentioned in my preview something that he said is that he's kind of gotten over this imposter syndrome. Like he he went back to 
Riviera as the defending champion and I don't think he, he really knew whether he could just hang around with Tiger and say hello to Tiger or, or whatever. Yeah. He's a class player, right? He, he, he hasn't broken 70 in this event yet, but he's been 24th and 10th, really solid. Um, I loved what he did at Phoenix. He was a really strong tee to green. Uh, he was 5th off the tee that week. He was 25th off the tee at Riviera where he finished 10th. Decent title of defence on a golf course that you know demands a lot. And uh, like Mitchell, I think that people are not really adjusting to him because I don't know what it is with Max Homer. Because what is he, the thirty odd player, best player in the world uh, think, at the moment? I think it's yeah, a lot. To, a lot is to do with social media. To be honest with you, yeah. I think um, it doesn't do anything particularly wrong, but he likes to join in, and I don't know whether people think, oh, you know, he's, he's a bit gimmicky. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Of a better word, he's not taking this particularly seriously. Um, but yeah, he's he's when he gets it right, his tee to green game is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, um, and yeah, I mean, and I, I think he's added distance as well. I think I sort of said this last year, and I think you look at Phoenix. He, was, I know there's a bit of bit of distance added there because of the whatever the air density, whatever you like. But I think he's pumping it a bit further as well. Yeah, yeah, I've got no problem with Homer at all. Like you say, I think there is that that yeah, gimmicky was a good word. Yeah. Um, and I'd be honest I think in this event I think you can't look too far down I think the strong the top is strong they're used to conditions if it turns rough they're used to it I can't see a Matt Every um, this week no I can't no um, I, I'm not going that far down on this to be honest with you um, yeah do you know I think you've got a great card and I, I'll be amazed if you don't make a profit <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to go any further again Jason Kokrat was the same price at 50 to 1 um, and we talk about people hitting their ceiling. He did, right? I don't, he's not gonna. He's not gonna achieve what he did again. Was it three wins in eighteen months after not winning in however many starts it was? Like Luke List coming and winning after X amount of starts, right? Um, but he's he's climbing, you know slowly climbing back into form again, and um, he wasn't great at Riviera tee to green, but he he shot rounds of sixty six and sixty seven, which is plenty good enough. And he's you know he's his starts here are ridiculous. His second and third starts at the golf course were fourth and sixth, and he was third after 54 holes on both occasions, and that was back in 2014, 2015, when he was a much lesser player. Um, and you go you know, fast forward to the past three years, and he's finished 10th, 18th, and 8th. And uh, he was fourth after round one, shooting a 68 here last year, and the eighth place finish indicates he still kind of likes the layout. Yeah, I, it, the form isn't as it was, Um and maybe the price isn't quite as big as I'd want considering the current form. But I do think that maybe a little bit overreaction to the fact that there isn't like a top 10 so far uh, on the year. But it's not that long ago. He won the Houston Open out of no form whatsoever. And now he's, he's 17th at Sony, 26th at Riviera. All right, pretty disappointing in Saudi, but that wasn't really his game in that wind. Um, I thought it was a decent price as well. Argue. <laughs> I find, honestly, I find it really, really hard to to, to argue yeah. this week. So um, I'm not going to. The other, the other two I kind of liked in here. The other two I kind of liked in this range uh, were Chris Kirk. I was really disappointed oh. with what he showed yesterday. Um, really disappointing that that kind of kept me off in the end. Uh, Justin Rose, I think, might be an interesting one, uh, as I always do. Kind of put him up whenever he gets to the seventy to one and sixty six to one range and all that. Um, and Cameron Young, I don't know how long he's going to keep it up for, but this should be right up his alley. 
uh, in terms of what you know, hitting the ball, long irons, 200 yard approaches, he's really good at. Um, you know, mashes it off the tee. So um, it, it's definitely a case of how many times is he going to do it before he burns out. But um, I can certainly see people. I'm not going there because I've I've got a heavy card in the mid range, but. I can certainly see some backers for that. But who else did you go for before we got into the triple digits? Um, Mark Leishman, I thought was... Yeah. I mean, I don't, you, you're not expecting anything particularly big. It's a bit like Till Hatton. When you get to these yeah. sorts of tracks and these sort of conditions, um, I'm not sure what else you can expect besides 30 or 35. Um, but he's absolutely... He's still doing it. Um, well, obviously, we know his love of Augusta. Uh, we know his love of, of Torrey. We know he can play for Travellers. Uh, you know, proper proper courses, even if it gets difficult. Leishman will be 15th if they score if they score low, and Leishman will be 15th if they score high on these yeah. tracks. But he obviously loves it here. I mean, the way he finished against um, Hatton in, in horrendous conditions here a couple of years ago was very, very impressive. Um, I mean, Hatton played well, but he really had to hold on. Leishman was charging. Um, obviously, a former winner here. He's made his last 12 cuts. Um, recent form is absolutely great uh, since the turn of the year. Uh, it's, there's nothing exciting. There's nothing new. Um, it's just Mark Leishman. And, and it's it's the Arnold Palmer. It's Bay Hill. And he will turn up. And and the, the difference between, as we always say, the difference between finishing 15th and 2nd, 3rd, 4th is a shot around maybe. Yep. But around here, he knows what he's doing. Um, it, it, as I say, if it blows, he's got the short game that counts. Uh, I've got no problem in, in being very happy at backing him. And if, if he finishes 15th because the winning score is a bit beyond beyond what I thought it was going to be, then um, fair play. But I, I think, you know, I, I really like Zalit. Zalit, basically, I put four up. Tita Green, Green's a regulation, par three and par five performance. Yeah. And made the list. And anybody that appeared in three of them generally got got a tick and then obviously looked, looked further into it um, but Leishman is just there isn't he, he he's continued there Zalatoris is clear for me uh, which is not what I'd like to say to be honest with you um, you're you're a big Zalatoris fan than yeah, I of am course, yeah, yeah. but but for me if it, if it says if it you know if it smells like it and tastes like it then it isn't <laughs> um, but Leishman is going to be there I can't see how he isn't um, nothing suggests he's gone at the game so He's definitely one. And the other one that I think everybody wanted to be on um, before it even opened. And now I think he's been, uh, I think he was 80 early on this morning, uh, was uh, Christian Bez, of course. Yeah. Um, I, the worry as always with Bez is, I said to you, uh, I sent you a message, is that I think it's becoming a case where the further and further he goes through his career, the more and more he wants a level par winning score. Uh, the problem is when you get to something in the US Open who was it that we had on that had a Matt Cooper had a dream that yes he had a dream that the US Open. Yeah. US Open now do you know what I mean that's the type of score you're looking for uh, I'm not sure he'd be long enough to compete against the big boys but that's what you think now that the more and more he goes on it's like in the past we thought okay if the winning score is 12 under 13 under then he'll be there and now for me it's looking more and more like you know minus two is the winning score that he wants. Um, he's a grinder. You know what he's doing. He's got fantastic form. We're eight at seventh in his two tries. Scrambling. He's led the scrambling both at Pebble Beach, which is obviously great. Um, and at the Honda last week, despite his approaches being all over the shop. Do you know, if he could tidy up and get back to who he was um, 
in South Africa sort of at the end of last year. I know it was a two grades below. I realise that. Mm. If he could get to that point where I think he's got to find a bit of confidence in, in the mix with these really big guys. Um, and I think when he does, a course like this will suit. The problem is if he doesn't start approaching that type of form, then as we go through the summer, they're just going to get away from him. When we start going back to the 16, 20 under winning, winning events, he can't do it. But yeah, I mean, you know, if you go back to the Hatton, um, yeah, Hatton, when Hatton beat Leishman, anything yeah. like those, and, and Bez has to be there because he's just going to save shots. He saves shots, whatever the winning score is. We've said it before. He saves shots, whatever. It's just, unfortunately, he's going to end up 40th because there's a 20 under winning score. Whereas obviously he's got the ability to save shots where others haven't. Um, yeah, it was, it was obvious, but he's getting to a point where I don't know if he starts going to. I mean, he's 60 at the moment, uh, but I think that's all top. I'll bet Fred if he can get on with him, his yeah. first seven sixty. But if he starts getting much shorter, I, I'd, I'd be wary to go and see. Maybe he's a, again a case of having a look at halfway, seeing where he is, because um, he'll plod on, won't he? He'll plod on while others fade. Don't know. He was the yeah. only other one in the market. Not interested in anything lower than him, to be honest. I think the thing for me was. Like you meant, you referenced with the Hatton Euro, it got really dicey. You'd think that played into his hands perfectly, you know, four under winning score, and he and he just capitulated on the final round, which oh. that was like his first taste of it, right? So I don't particularly hold that against him. I don't think you can really look too much into that. But yeah, I, I think you've I think you've nailed it. I think that the more it gets away from you, that the less likely it is he's going to win, and and because he's doing that every week and every week he's seeing the score gets 20 under and 22 under he's just giving up he's just going I can't do it I can't I can't keep up no matter, despite the fact he's won at you know I think he's, he's won at 18 under I think the last time he won at the South African Open um, he is better suited to the Alfred Dunhill 14 unders the 10 under Valderrama's the you know yeah. I just yeah, to I, me I, it's I, never yeah. been a good fit the PJ Tour like him and Aaron Rye and Aaron Rye outperformed everything I expected at Torrey Pines uh, and then let everybody down at Pebble that, that thought he was going to play well there. Um, I thought Bez might have gone well at the Sony Open. I thought it, you know a bit of a shorter track, um, but again, just scoring, just, just you just can't do it. And uh, yeah, yeah. I Sorry, mate, I've I just think... read, I've Come just on. read the forecast is not for anything like um, that that happened here, which we wouldn't expect anyway. No, it's actually going to be quite. I would say it's going to be sort of masters weather, really. Yeah. Um, you know the runoffs are going to be. I think they'll make them quick. So the runoffs off the greens are going to be quick. Um, it, it's not Bez weather, um, and yeah, I've got him in. You know, by some miracle, it's a Michael Fish, and they've said it's going to be nice and it's going to be a hurricane. <laughs> uh, but I, I, again, I'd much rather be on a, a, a Casey, for example, at forties who can perform in all conditions, or a Mark Leishman that can form can perform on a wet Augusta or a dry Augusta. You know. Um, that, that that's you've nailed it there is it like Casey's 40 to 1 8 places Bez's 50 to 1 8 places I'd rather up my stakes on Casey and get what I wanted out of Bez yeah because, because I think he's, he's proven isn't he he's proven yeah and I don't people have got their doubts about Casey winning and being able to win on the PGA Tour I mean if, if you doubt that I can't see how you I think there's a lot of I mean look he's got 18th and 7th course for me he's, he's clearly got a good chance he's like Fitzpatrick they've both come back here and played multiple times well like I can see why they both have those backers, but I think everyone wants to be the one that can go, I was on Matthew Fitzpatrick yeah. first PJ yeah. Tour win. I was on Bezween House first PJ Tour win. Um, 
And yet it's not been the same as that with like Luke Liss and, and Hoagie and Sepp Stracker. There were people that were on them, but there, there yeah. wasn't the constant back and back and back and back until it happened. It was a little bit like that with Scheffler, um, you know, at Phoenix. But to me, I mean, I've, I've, I've made myself clear on Bez Wheaton out quite a lot. I, I don't think it suits him. And, and the sooner he gets back to the DP World Tour and just gets back into his ballpark, the better. But, um, you know, this is where the money is. This is where he's got to well, play. He plays well enough to keep his card and, and go up in the FedEx Cup, and, you know, in the playoffs, doesn't yeah. he? So, You know what? You, you talk about unsuiting. I mean, you know, Nikolai Hogarth. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think it's. I think this is. I, I, th- I mean, I get it because it's PGA Tour, and I absolutely hundred percent get it. But yeah. this is the wrong thing. He's, he's, and I think Rasmus is over. Is Rasmus over in Puerto Rico? Rasmus it? pulled out of Puerto Rico. Oh, he's pulled um, out. Of Puerto Rico. Um, how did he get uh, an invite with him? I don't know. But <laughs> I, 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 you know, I don't. I mean, Nikolai at Puerto Rico, maybe. But I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is this is uh, this run. Too I don't know how trouble. he's over there for. He's, He's yeah. going to screw him up, to be honest. It's just, we, we said it, didn't we? We said last week, please don't overreact to Nikolai Hoygaard struggling because it's not the right setup for him. And he, you know, unexpectedly struggled. Like, not unexpectedly, expectedly struggled. So, um, you know, I, I wasn't surprised in the slightest by that. Um, my final selection was Sebastian Munoz. I, the, the way he's hitting the ball is just superb like he's been third and fourth i think it was or fourth and third the last two starts in strokes going tee to green um and he's been 15th and first off the tee which i think is is pretty good he's improving every week 39th 23rd 21st um when he was 21st at riviera he was 10th after 36 and 12th after 54 shot a second round 65 at the farmers second round 64 in phoenix so he's been playing some good stuff uh before the cut line at the weekend and i just I looked at the BMW Championship Olympia Fields in 2020. There seemed to be a little bit of crossover there. Uh, Jason Kokrak and Matthew Fitzpatrick finished sixth there. Roy McIlroy's 12th. Um, obviously, all play very, very well at this golf course. And that was where Munoz finished tied eighth. And I think that was one of his better events on tour in terms of world rankings, uh, etc. So, to me, I, you know, I was really pleased with that. I took a lot of. Um, confidence from from seeing him compete in that kind of level of field and you know his his course form isn't anything to write home about miscut 49th but the 49th was a decent um you know improvement on that miscut he was fourth after the first day which is typical of Munoz um and like Strucker last week he was he's been playing some solid stuff without getting any results from it I mean Strucker had a 15th I think but you know Munoz is, is flirting around the top 20 without actually contending I think eventually his tees green paralysis is gonna is gonna kick on. I think he likes a bit of Bermuda putting. Um, so Munoz for uh, for an all time performance that he was 130 to one when I put him up in my preview uh, earlier with Vodchecker. But I think there's still some 110s, hundreds about another one that definitely target in the first round leader market. Yeah, I like Sebastian Munoz. And the other one was Bo Hosler. I thought that might have a a bit of a chance considering the way that he's playing. But again, I, like you said earlier, I don't think he's going as far. I think I think you know Gary Woodland. Um, yeah. Would, I thought Woodland would have some supporters after after last week's effort. Yeah. Uh, Mister uh, Right Muffet of a putt earlier on in the, in his round um, and recovered. Um, yeah. it, I don't know if we can trust him to do it all again, but if we can, he certainly he's certainly got obviously certainly got a class and a wherewithal and the knowledge to do to do all this. Oh, it was, it was you know. It's not, I, I think I really like the event. But the more I look at it, I, 
It's a hard bet in heat, I think. It is, it, because I really love that 50s one range, and I love Mitchell, I love Casey, I love Homer. Kokrak was a bit more of a, he's played really well at this golf course, and if he's going to get back to what he was, it'll be here. Um, and yeah, I just I don't want to go long yeah. shots, because they'll just <laughs> inevitably let you down. I must be honest, uh, out of the three tournaments, I'm more interested in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Which is Not really necessarily weird. To actually, to say that, actually, the LPGA, because they're, they're all back this week in yep. the Champions. Um, but that in Puerto Rico is is more interesting to me as a as a research and and uh, betting than it, than sort of these two. Then there we are. Yep, no, fair enough. Let's summarise our picks then, mate. Tenor is a tenor, um, it don't matter where you get it from. <laughs> well, if you get the win, you get the win, don't you? If it's Robert Garrigus that pays me out, I don't really care. Um, it probably won't be, but. Um, Let's go back. I'll summarise my picks in the Kenya Open. Scott Jameson, uh, shuddering a little bit as I'm saying it, is, is 35 or 28 to 1. Uh, Francesco Laporta, 66 to 1. Uh, Jack Kroisovic, 100 to 1, 90 to 1, whatever it is you can get about him now. Adrian Sadier, uh, 140, 150 to 1. And uh, Hayden Porteous, to really make me feel good about myself, 500 to 1. Um, Puerto Rico, I'm, I'm with you on Austin Smotherman and Kurt Kitayama at 50 to 1. Uh, looks like a really good play there. And then over at Bay Hill, I absolutely love this 50 to 1 range. Uh, just under that is Paul Casey. Really strong uh, appeal from him. Max Homer, Keith Mitchell, Jason Kograk, and then my long shot of the week in there is Sebastian Munoz. Uh, over to you, Jason, for your oh, trio of events. God. Um, <laughs> it does feel like a week like that. I just I, the problem is I don't want to back Beerman at twenty two, but yeah. it, it, for me he stands out. Um, I will leave Armitage out; he'll probably fuck up somewhere. Uh, so Xander Lombard at forty, so Beerman at twenty two, Lombard at forty, give or take. JB Hansen on class and winning ability forty. Sadie at one forty, and first round leaders David Law and Ross McGowan, who both thrive on accuracy. Yeah. Uh, where we go next, Porto. Yep. Yep, uh, Smotherman, I, I, I may well look at Kitty Armour because that does look big. Uh, Smotherman, Kadara, and uh, I'm not sure about Lashley and Lipsky. It just don't appeal that much. Smotherman, I think, is better week. Um, and over at uh, Bay Hill, Will's Alatoris, standout. Uh, Paul Casey, I'm with you. Mark Leishman, uh, Keith Mitchell, yeah. And I don't know. I did have Bez, but I'm going off in but. I do like my selection for the music part on uh, Sundog's thing, so I might have to stick with him just so I can play the music. <laughs> yes, we are We are now going on to another podcast. Um, this is the first time we've been asked as a duo to go on to a podcast. That's nice. Um, I think we got called Starsky and Hutch and you called us the Muppets, which is... Uh, no, which I didn't. Is, you know, I didn't. Did you not? Oh. Bachelor and Wardle. Same thing, isn't it? No, well, no. Mm. Not officially. Oh. When I Googled them, the Muppets came up. So that's, they're the, that's they're the, the critics, yeah. They're the critics, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I'm showing my age in, in not knowing that. Um, but, a, but a good week, mate. It's one of those ones where there's, a, there's plenty of intrigue. I think every event will give us some pointers, like useful pointers going forward. I think we're getting into crunch time for the PJ Tour where we start working out who's worth betting at the Masters, who's yeah. worth betting at the players. Um, you know, Kenya Open, I'd like to say he's going to be really relevant going forward, but... The schedule is such a hot mess at the moment that um, it could mean nothing in three months' time. But um, oh, I certainly you know, think yeah, I certainly think Bay Hill yeah, and the Masters. I think yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think the conditions yeah. are, are are right to get a comparison this week. It's, it's the first time I feel like I'm getting asked 
um, by friends and family who I'm looking at for the Masters and this is the first time where I can sort of say well after next week I can kind of give you a better idea so um, yeah that's to look forward to and uh, we will see everybody again next week with Brad in tow I think yeah hopefully a bit more sort of confident really <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully we actually like our selections this week <laughs> um, Jason thank you very much mate and yeah. um, catch you in a week